Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the DOGS program. The Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools have been here. Well, we've been here for yonks, haven't we? We were almost, not quite, there at the beginning of 3CR. And we've been here promoting and defending public education, government schools usually called, But public education is the way we like to describe our government schools because they are public in purpose and outcome. Above all, they are accessible, publicly accessible to all children with offence to none and uh, they should be publicly owned and controlled because, as we'll see a bit later in the program, they are the only ones that are publicly accountable. We've got some very interesting material for you today and even next week it will be more interesting because yesterday was the um, children out in protest about their future and they have every right, our future citizens of this great democracy of ours, to be out telling those of us who have the vote how we should vote and why we should vote. Uh, So out of the mouth of babes, if you like, and we'll be hearing more out of the mouth of babes next week, thanks to the hard work of our producer, Dale. But today, I'd like to tackle the subject of the hour, I suppose, but I'd like to talk about George Pell, the Catholic Church and education funding. Because although Pell might be in jail, um, the real problems have not gone away, far from it, especially for public education. But we have some other matters as well. Dale has got some uh, material on the um, right of the children to take time off school to protest about their future and a few other things. And we will be uh, ringing up Robert, who can't be with us today. He's at the hospital, but he's uh, quite happy to talk Uh, It's very hard to keep a good man down, uh, and Robert's a good man. And as well as that, we'd like to talk not just about public funding for public schools, but also public funding for TAFE. But um, And we've got our great schools too. I'd like to refer you to what's going on down Flinders Way with Greg Hunt and Get Up. The Get Up people are very interesting indeed. But first of all, let's get on with press release 786, which you will be able to find at our website at www.adogs.info. This is it. George Pell, the Catholic Church and Education Funding. 
The jury came back. The Cardinal is in jail until his appeal at least, and justice appears to have been done. Satisfied. But what has really changed? The dogs discovered in their high court battle against the church, and not only the Catholic church, in the 1960s and the 1970s, that religious men and their churches, that, and particularly the Catholic church, was a chameleon. It was forever changing colours, certainly changing its rhetoric, and it also changed its leaders to suit the times. But one thing has always remained constant about the Catholic Church in particular. This ancient, wealthy, multinational and hierarchical institution has proved to be a cancer in the body politic, in the legal system and above all in the education system of this country. And if you want to find out more about what happened to the dogs in their high court case, case and their experiences with the Catholic Church and their influence in the body politic and the legal system and uh, in the funding system, then you can go to our website and we've given you the um, way how you can get there. Now, dogs were not wrong and they have been justified by recent events. As Joanne McCarthy, the journalist who more than any other exposed the child abuse scandals in the Newcastle area, which led to the uh, Child Abuse Commission set up by Gillard. Uh, she has written on March the 13th in 2019 in the Sydney Morning Herald as follows, and I'd like to quote her. Now there's anger, but it's not just about Pell. He is a lightning rod for anger against the church, that is true but he's also a lightning rod for anger about powerful people abusing power, throwing their weight around, acting hypocritically, telling the rest of society what to do and sticking together when things go wrong. He represents discussions, and this is what I found very interesting. I'll read this again. He represents discussions behind closed doors, secret meetings, the dead hand of legal documents and confidentiality clauses, the denial of public accountability. And that way of doing things extends beyond the Catholic Church into too many elements of Australian life. How right Joanne is. But although there are stirrings, the anger has not yet carried fully over into the funding of the school system, which was the scene of so many of the child abuse crimes. Enormous amount of public money is going into these schools and has gone into these schools and the priests and the others who abuse the children in the schools have got away with it. Yet Pell, who's the Archbishop who was rewarded by the Vatican with a Cardinal's hat and a position in the Roman Financial Centre, was responsible for the growing billions of taxpayer funding pouring into the Catholic Church's Australian primary, secondary and now the tertiary sector. And all of this largesse flowed and is still flowing from his mates, Pell's mates, in the Lib Lad political parties. 
it's not just the coalition, it's also in the Labor Party with people like Shorten and Plibersek, I assure you. And there's virtually no strings attached. Is it any wonder that, for the Vatican, the child abuse scandals are merely hiccups in the centuries-old networks of wealth and power? And unfortunately, looking at the current state aid auctions in the Australian political landscape, Nothing has fundamentally changed. Now, just to name a few of the most recent examples of ongoing Catholic power over the common purse, the public purse. First of all, I'm not even going back as far as Howard here, who really, really um, started the rot of of the needs policy, but it was always rotten. But Gillard, coming forward to just the last decade or so, Gillard set up the Gonski needs model with Mr Gonski, but then she promised that no school would be worse off, even though many schools in the private sector were grossly overfunded. And we've given you the reference for that. Secondly, although the Federal Minister for Education, Simon Birmingham, bless his honest little cotton-picking socks, questioned the overfunding of private schools. The Morrison Coalition got rid of him out of that portfolio and have caved in to demands from the Catholic Church authorities and promised them $4.1 billion more to assuage their concerns. Now, thirdly, down here in Victoria, in our recent election, Although the Andrews government uh, gave the public school voters something to vote for, which the coalition didn't, they not only increased the per capita grant to Catholic schools to 25% of the government school grant, but also granted $400 million extra for capital grants, for buildings, for new schools. And the newest New South Wales coalition, in election mode, in the last week, have promised private and Catholic schools an extra $500 million to build new classrooms. And they have done this in response to a concerted political campaign up there in New South Wales for more funding for, from the Catholic sector. So as far as the real game is concerned, Pell's been disposed of, but the game goes on for the Catholic Church. In previous decades, the dogs were often a lone voice, however, in the wilderness when they opposed state aid to private religious schools. But as the billions and billions and more billions have flowed and the stench of maladministration as well as child abuse has increased, others are now questioning the wisdom of financing this imperium in imperio, the state within the state. In recent years, the state and federal auditor-generals have spoken out against outrageous lack of accountability for billions of dollars of public money that have been handed over to centralised religious bureaucracies. And this, this money has been handed over to these bureaucracies, let's call them for what they are, for the administration, or rather the maladministration, of so-called needs policies. And in the last few weeks, 
Trevor Cobald from Save Our Schools has been denied access to even basic materials from the Education Department in Canberra because the church has not only had its friends in high places, they have also had them in the very centre of the public sector in the um, administration of public money in the education departments. And dogs have been delighted to find Trevor Cobalt saying the following. Public accountability for the use of taxpayer funding is a fundamental tenet of democratic government. Yet this principle has long been ignored by Catholic education authorities who refuse to reveal how they distribute government funding amongst their schools, despite it being a legislative requirement. They poke fun at our laws. Their refusal has been connived at by successive governments that failed to make the Commonwealth Department of Education enforce the legislation. It's one thing to have legislation, it's another thing to enforce it. The latest example of this tacit agreement at work is the refusal of the Education Department in Canberra to fully disclose how Catholic Education Commissions throughout the country distribute their taxpayer funding. And this same department refused an FOI request for the full block allocation reports of the Catholic Education Commissions and Education Departments in each state and territory. So listeners, the cancer has not only gone into our political systems, it has also worked its way through our legal systems as the dogs found out in their High Court case and it is also in the public service departments. Ray Nielsen from the Dogs always claimed that the Catholic Church was a cancer in the body politic. This was the Dogs' experience and it always has been, but it's been the experience also of the victims of sexual abuse and it's currently being discovered by anyone who attempts to shine a light into the catacombs of their financial arrangements. The only way around this interminable and perennial battle for a democratic polity and public education system for all children is, one, the cessation of public funding for private religious schools and, two, the separation of religion and the state. And those are the two matters on which the dogs stand. That is why we exist that is a fundamental part of our constitution, to a fight for public funding for public schools only and the separation of religion and the state. So that is our press release 786 and we'll have a little break for some beautiful music.
that was the prisoner's song from the uh, from the opera Fidelio, Beethoven, and we played it because unfortunately, uh, knowledge about true accountability for public funding for private schools uh, is imprisoned, isn't it? It's imprisoned in the uh, in the bureaucracies in Canberra. But um, there's a new generation coming up. I always take the view that. Um, one should live in hope, and especially when the schoolmaster is abroad in our public schools. And there are some very exciting things happening in our schools. Our young people understand that the future belongs to them, and they're not very impressed with the future that uh, certainly certain sections, shall we say the right-wing sections of the government in Canberra have in store for them, with coal-fired power stations and other matters. So um, there's been some very exciting developments which Dale's going to tell us about. Thanks, Jean. I've got an uh, article here from the AEU uh, from the 8th of March, and it's entitled School Students Have the Right to Protest Morrison Government's Inaction on Climate Change. The Australian Education Union or the AEU, supports the rights of students to speak out in protest about the challenges posed by climate change in Australia. AEU Federal President Corinna Haythorpe said that under the United Nations Convention of the Rights of the Child, all children have the right to express their views freely on all matters affecting them. The AEU supports the democratic right of students to take direct action giving voice to their real concerns about the impacts of climate change and protesting the inaction by the federal government, Ms Haythorpe said. We commend the actions of students who participated in the climate strike in November 2018 to build pressure on the Morrison government to enact laws and policy that would place Australia at the international forefront on proper action to tackle climate change. The AEU stands in solidarity with students and will work with education departments to ensure that students who wish to participate in the, stru- in the student strike planned for the 15th of March, or yesterday's strike, are afforded their democratic rights and can do so safely, Ms Haythorpe said. The commitment of the teaching profession in educating the, ne- the next generation about climate change is critical. Tomorrow's workers will need to be empowered with, the pro- with problem-solving skills to make a just transition, negotiate new global trade markets, new technologies, and understand which industries will expand and which will disappear in a potential carbon-neutral economy, Ms Haythorpe said. Our students must be equipped with the right skills to become innovators and agents of change in a rapidly changing world. Ms Haythorpe said Australians must recognise both the impact of climate change and the setting of ambitious measures to mitigate the effects of climate change on workers' lives, livelihoods and communities and families. The Morrison government's continued denial of climate change and lack of action is placing Australians and our Pacific neighbours in grave danger, Ms Haythorpe said. Climate change is a reality, and the only acceptable debate is about how we deal with the consequences and ensure that our children and students are prepared for the future. 
the AEU will advocate strongly for educators to be properly informed and educated about the science of climate change and its impacts on Australia and the world's developing countries, Ms Haythorpe said. Well, thank you, Dale. Let's have another little break and perhaps an announcement. Join me, Sally Goldner, the presenter of Out of the Pan, for a live broadcast on International Trans Day of Visibility at Hares and Hyenas on 31st of March 2019, organised by Transgender Victoria with 3CR. With co-host Mama Alto, we'll be moderating a live panel discussion about issues, experiences and intersections between and about trans people of colour. Get your tickets online at tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au That's tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au Or listen live to the discussion right here on 855am on digital and streaming online. Marxism 2019 is Australia's biggest socialist conference, taking place this Easter long weekend from April the 18th to the 21st in Melbourne. Marxism 2019 features international and local guest speakers, including award-winning author and activist Baruz Buchani. Join over 1,000 activists for crucial discussions on how to resist the rise of the right and rebuild the left. With more than 100 sessions, tickets start at just $35 and are available at marxismconference.org. A 3CR supporter. Annual Flavors Festival on this March celebrates culture from around the globe with cooking demonstrations by celebrity sweet creator Anna Polivu and Greg Hampton from Charcoal Lane showcasing native ingredients and flavors. It's free and family friendly with music by Black Jesus Experience, Indigenous hip hop projects and many more. Flavors Festival Saturday March 16 from 3 p.m. at Greville Street Pran. Proudly presented by the City of Stonington, a 3CR supporter.
Want to defend government schools? We are the DOGS, D-O-G-S, Defenders of Government Schools. Every week on the DOGS program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. If you're a parent or if you're a kid or if you're involved in the school in any way whatsoever and you love your state school, give 3CR a call. We want to hear about these schools that we're defending. Brunswick Secondary State schools are great. Harkaway Primary School. Sunshine North Primary School. They're really concerned about the welfare of the kids and their growth as people as well as learning. You've got put on plays, you've got enrichment, you've got physical education, visual arts, languages, all that. In fact, is there a cooking? Actually, an embracing of kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and with additional needs. More than half of your kids are from some of the poorest families in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's the community and that's who we're servicing and that's that's who we welcome into the school. Outdoor play is linked to healthier and happier children. This, in turn, leads to better grades. In the weekly assemblies and stuff, they have a little thing, uh, you've been caught being good, and they have a a value of the week each week, and so it's not just words that is actually... So so what do the teachers do when it's a building site? Yeah, they kick themselves out of their own staff room and turn into a classroom. Just a really nice culture and an emphasis on social skill building as well as learning. Quite a range of intellectual ability and kids with mental health diagnoses, refugee kids, kids who have not been in the country very long, don't necessarily start off with a positive great relationships with each other, with teachers, and with the community. And they run a, a breakfast club. There's a recognition that some kids don't get breakfast, and so there's, there's food on. If you are involved in a state school and it's a great school, we'd love to hear from you so we can talk about it and tell the world. Leave a message for the dogs at 3CR on 9419 State schools are great schools. Great state schools. Well, thank you, Dale. But um, now I'm sorry to announce that uh, Robert's a good man, but the hospital's keeping him down. So this week we'll have to do without Robert. So it's just Dale and I, but still we've got plenty of interesting material. I'd like to go back to um, New South Wales because it's quite interesting, as well as the Morrison government's uh, very strange exercise in pre-electioneering somewhere in Christmas Island, or I don't think there was very good Christmas for Mr Morrison up there, uh, or for the rest of us for that matter. Um, This is going to also not just be a climate change uh, election, it's going to be an education election and it seems a bit like that up in New South Wales. We believe that the public school vote uh, certainly contributed to the Andrew government, Andrew's government's uh, election result and uh, it's neck and neck up there in New South Wales in spite of the fact that the Labor Party was so much on the nose not long ago and um, most people agree that uh, the Liberal Party up there hasn't done a bad job, but the Labor Party, according to some people, are going to do better. Now, I wonder why. Gladys Berejiklian has offered $500 funding for new private school classrooms, and there's no evidence that Mr Daly, the Labor Party, is going to either equal it or enter into a state auction for this. Uh, That doesn't mean to say they won't, but they came up with $500 $500 million to fund early learning for all three-year-olds, which is interesting, isn't it? Here is Gladys Berejiklian 
are reacting to the Catholic school bosses who wrote to their 600 principals about their push for more money to spend on building and maintaining schools in what is called a concerted political campaign for more funding in the lead-up to the New South Wales election. And you might recall that I've said that Pell might have gone to jail, but nothing's, nothing's changed. This is still going on. The state aid auction appears to be going on, but there's the question as to whether or not the Labor Party is prepared to up the ante because there has been a very big reaction to this, looking at the comments in the paper from the um, the local people. Uh, for example, somebody calling themselves Taipan says, I'd like to know the comparative proportion of Catholic politicians in the coalition and those in Labor. I don't know, but my guesstimate is that the coalition has a greater number of Catholics than any other political party in Australia, which is interesting. And Roddo says there's a small problem with the LNP spin on where the DOSH is going to go. The Catholic system pulls incoming funds to a central repository and distributes based on nebulous criteria. Often the poorer parish schools get a pittance while the elite standard bearers of Catholicism such as Riverwood get the cream to make the bishops and archbishops feel more important. And Ratty responds as they are usually the schools from which they have come, question mark. That's very interesting. There was a question about whether religious freedom was protected or not. Tom Davidson said, yes, religious freedom is protected. You can pray to any God you like, but it doesn't have to be government funded. Have your own schools by all means, but don't expect the non-religious others to pay for it. All private schools engender division and are unhealthy for the community at large. <laughs> that's, that's, that's spelling it out, isn't it? And Wellesley writes, I'd love to see all the children catered for by a publicly funded education system. I just don't accept that private schools of any denomination should be part of that equation, and I won't accept it as it is a system based on segregation and elitism. Public money should not be used to promote religious philosophies, which is the premise upon which most private schools are based. Religious instruction should be kept separate to mainstream education. Inequality and lobby-based funding are the reasons why there is spleen to be vented. (laughs) And Roddo has this to say. Better alternative. Give them demountables, transportables for the influx of kids driven from the public system by lack of decent amenity. Then the libs can crow that they are even-handed and egalitarian. And Ham Squish says, I went through private schools, schools at high school, and it pisses me well off to see state money being handed to the private schools like this, even when it's to needy schools. I won't go into how those schools game the system to achieve that status. I offer an alternative pathway. Allow those schools indicated for the 500 million funding to access the state's credit rating, or even at a slight concession, and borrow those funds on an at-cost basis. Given that these schools have fee-paying pupils, they should have a business plan that would allow them to return the money in a fair time, say 10 years, given the relative short-term bulge in demographics. The advantage I can see from supporting the private schools when they have bulging enrolments would be the additional cost to the state from temporary and permanent infrastructure wages maintenance if these large 
numbers of students were to move into the public sector. 500 million of loans or a revolving line of credit could turn into billions very quickly. So that's an interesting plan, isn't it? Still don't like it, though. So he doesn't really agree they should get money at all. On the left, the public school. On the right, the Catholic school. Which one really needs additional funds? And Ratty says, which one was there first? I suppose the new classrooms, we're told, are a step up from the third new swimming pool or ballet hall that public monies are usually destined for at private schools. The government schools, oh, they can just rot and decay. Then we can say they are NBG and flog off the land to our favoured friends. Brian Jay writes, Gladys, timing's not good. The electorate is not smart enough to realise that the taxpayer can't afford a public-only system and relies heavily on the user-pays private system. Instead, you've given those who resent those who choose private fodder to feed off. So, yes, I think it was not necessarily a good move. Uh, They didn't learn from the Andrews government and I think it's very interesting that Labor, instead of entering the state aid auction up there in New South Wales, has gone sideways and is offering $500 million to fund early learning for all three-year-olds. And the plain fact of the matter is that a lot of these Catholic schools might say that things have changed now, Mr Pell's in prison, but have they? Because remember, they said things had changed in the 1990s, but uh, Mr Pell is in, um, in prison for something that happened in the 1990s. I'm not even going to say it was alleged because he's been found guilty, but we'll see if he wins on appeal. But um, it's a very interesting situation that we're in indeed. Meanwhile, the AEU is up and fighting uh, in, for the uh, upcoming federal election. And the Morrison government is on the nose. It's got problems, big problems. Because, as the AEU points out, it's not going to get the public school vote, which is a very considerable vote now, and it's actually quite well organised. As you can see from what I've just been reading you, uh, the article about the $500 funding for new private school classrooms had all of those comments, and I think out of of well over 100, I think it was 178, uh, comments, I could only find one or two that were pro-private schools. The rest were very much pro-public schools and very much against this new funding. So uh, Gladys has made a mistake and the Morrison government, by giving $4.1 billion extra to the Catholic sector, plus a bit more, a bit more on top of that to the to the other, the other private schools, I think it's 4.6 altogether, um, he's probably made a wrong step too. Because according to the AEU, the Morrison government will cut $14 billion in funding from public schools in Australia over the next decade, despite new figures showing that public schools are experiencing the lion's share of growth in new student enrolments. All of this money for new schools for the private sector is perhaps real pie in the sky because 
middle-class parents are not silly and Catholic parents aren't silly either. They have no guarantee that the child abuse in the Catholic schools is not going to continue and uh, the enrolments in the public sector is skyrocketing. According to a new report from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, in the past five years, public schools across Australia have seen 75.9% of new school student enrolments, while student enrolments to Catholic schools actually dropped over the past 12 months. So why are they giving them all this money for capital grants? Australian Education Union Federal President Karina Haythorpe notes that this new Australian Bureau of Statistics report demonstrated the urgency behind the need to restore the Morrison government's cuts to public school funding. Public school student enrolments are soaring and yet the Morrison government has cut public school budgets by 14 million over the next 10 years. It just doesn't make sense, she said. Two out of every three students attend public schools in Australia And these figures show that public schools are experiencing huge enrolment growth and it's time for public school funding to reflect this. They went down. They were in uh, 1980, 1978 to 80, uh, public school enrolments throughout Australia were 78%. So um, they've got a way to go. But it's been billions and billions and billions of dollars to private schools to get it down to the two-thirds, the 66%. Now, according to the ABS report, that's the Australian Bureau of Statistics report, over the past five years, 75.9% of the student enrolment growth occurred in public schools, and the public school enrolment soared by more than 150,000 students. That's the feet on the ground from 2,406,495 students in 2014 to 2,558,169 students in 2018. And Catholic student enrolments only rose by 8,000 students over that time. And they actually dropped over the past 12 months. And whereas with public school students, we're talking about millions to two and a half million, uh, with uh, Catholic school students we're talking about uh, 765,735. So really, um, where should the money be going? The Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students make up 5.7% of all our students, with 83.9% of those enrolled in government schools. And the Northern Territory had the highest proportion of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students' enrolments at 39%. The Northern Territory has been hit particularly hard by public school funding cuts under the Morrison government. And under its new bilateral school funding agreement with the Morrison government, it will be funded at only 79% of the schooling resource standard by 2023. That's a very sad figure. And then they wonder why the closing the gap has not occurred. The Morrison government quite clearly has failed in its moral obligation to fully fund public schools and ensure that all school children in Australia get a fair go and the opportunity to develop their potential. And Morrison like Guy here in Victoria has made it crystal clear that public schools are not a priority for his government. That's a bad, not just a bad look, that's bad politics. 
because public schools cater for the vast majority of Australian children. So the AEU considers that we need a federal government which puts public schools, their staff and public school students first. So we'll see what happens with the 2 April federal budget. Mr Morrison has still got a couple of weeks to get his act together, but I wonder if he's got the mouse to do it. After all, he did go... He's where he is because he got a public school education. But... um, He's uh, been led astray, I'm afraid, like Mr Howard was before him. But uh, we'll have a bit of a break and there's a bit more information that we'd like to give you after this. I am sailing, I am sailing on the seas to water. We sail for human rights, indigenous sovereignty and climate justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A 3CR supporter. If you share the growing concern about racism, fascism and the move to the extreme right, Come along to our forum on a Bill of Rights for Australia on Sunday the 17th of March at the Unitarian Church, 110 Grey Street, East Melbourne, commencing at 11am. Speakers include Professor Gillian Triggs, Professor Rob Watts, Julian Burnside QC and the Human Rights Law Centre. RSVP to admin at melbourneunitarian.org.au Our democratic rights are under threat. If you care, be there. The Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church is a 3CR supporter. Well, we have to apologise that um, Robert is caught up this week, but uh, we, would, we would really appreciate it if any of our listeners rang in and told us a great state school that they would like us to have a look at. But uh, there is another aspect to public education in the Morrison government which needs to be looked at. And that is the TAFE system. The technical system here in Victoria was quite like no other. People thought that it was a historical aberration, but it wasn't. And the public TAFE system has produced so many of our top world-class tradesmen over the years. But it has been systematically undermined by those who believe in this strange, strange ideology that somehow private is better than public. And the Morrison government has been listening to lobbyists who are saying that it should be privatised even further and even its administration should be given over to the private sector. Which, dear listeners we here at the Dogs think is close to economic, political and democratic madness. Dale has got something to tell you about TAFE because the public sector is fighting back on the TAFE front. Thanks, Jean. I've got another article here from the AEU and it's entitled TAFE Must Be at the Heart of Labor's Review. 
The Australian Education Union, the AEU, has welcomed the release of the terms of reference of Labor's National Inquiry into Post-Secondary Education in Australia, saying Australia's TAFE system has suffered greatly under the Morrison government's drive to privatise vocational education. The AEU acknowledged the significant opportunity proposed by this review to fundamentally reconsider the structure of Australia's post-secondary system with TAFE as a central component. AEU Federal President Corinna Haythorpe said that it was vital that TAFE was restored to its rightful place as the strong public provider of vocational education in Australia. We welcome Labor's announcement of a comprehensive national inquiry into post-secondary education instead of the piecemeal approach adopted by the Morrison government, Ms Haythorpe said. We also welcome Labor's commitment to TAFE by guaranteeing a minimum two-thirds of government funding to to the public TAFE system. TAFE funding cuts have had a devastating impact on our students, our communities and our TAFE staff, Ms Haythorpe said. In the past five years, we have seen the number of TAFE campuses across the country drop by a third. We have seen Commonwealth, state and territory governments, government recurrent expenditure on vocational education decrease by $1.5 billion over the last five years. And even after the VET fee help loan scandal last year, more than $325 million in publicly funded loans went to private for-profit providers. Meanwhile, the total amount of public money given to private vocational education providers has almost tripled over the last decade, Ms Haythorpe said. Ms Haythorpe said the Morrison government's current review into vocational education, chaired by Stephen Joyce, had been initiated for political purposes. The Morrison government's review into vocational education cannot be taken seriously, Ms Haythorpe said. This inquiry, the first in 40 years into the vocational education sector, was only announced in late November last year and has been, and is being rushed to finish within the next couple of weeks. This can only be seen as a cynical attempt to rush through a quick pre-election announcement by Prime Minister Morrison. The Morrison government's review is being chaired by Stephen Joyce, the man who gutted New Zealand's vocational education sector, Ms Haythorpe said. What hope is there for any reasonable outcome when TAFE, the public provider, is not even acknowledged in the terms of reference? Ms Haythorpe said that the AEU has called for, one, a guarantee of a minimum of 70% government funding to the public TAFE system. No public funding should go to private for-profit providers consistent with other education sectors. Two, a restoration of funding to rebuild the TAFE system to restore confidence in the quality of courses and qualifications and the institution. Three, the abandonment of the failed student loans experiment and cancellation of the debts of all students caught up in the private for-profit provider scams. Four, reinvestment in the TAFE teaching workforce and development of a future-focused TAFE workforce development strategy in collaboration with professions and unions. Five, 
development of a capital investment strategy in consultation with with state governments to address the deplorable state of TAFE facilities around the country. And six, support for a comprehensive, independent inquiry into TAFE. Well, those figures are really quite frightening. And that situation is also quite frightening because the, um, the private sector, let's not call them TAFE colleges, let's, I, I, I don't really know what to call these semi-tertiary colleges that have been set up by fly-by-nighters, uh, fraudsters, scammers, call them what you will. Um, they have ruined in many ways and certainly put big debts on a whole generation of young people who were hoping to become tradesmen and the TAFE sector has been gutted uh, in order that people could make quick dollars and go off. Uh, It's a very sad situation indeed. Now I'm Again, I'm apologising because we haven't got a great state school for you this week and we'd love to give you a a great state school. But um, I'd just like to talk about a very interesting group. Uh, The Liberal Party hate them, but they're called Get Up. And the political campaigners Get Up have declared open season on certain members of the Liberal Party, usually the extreme right-wingers, and they've declared an open season on the front bencher, Greg Hunt. And in turn, they've boosted the chances of the independent challenger, Julia Banks. Uh, now, I think we'd be a bit happier if they'd declared open season on the Minister for Education. But this is very interesting how, in fact, uh, the campaigners, the political campaigners, and these are usually young people, um, are working out how to use the next, the new technology to influence um, what happens in our political system. I've always said that uh, when things get bad enough, then the next generation becomes politicised. And I think that Get Up is a very interesting one, uh, evidence of this. Now, while the group has not yet directly endorsed uh, Ms Banks, its involvement in the seat can only assist her. But, but why are they against Greg Hunt? It's his repeated attempts to block urgent action on climate change and it puts him at complete odds with voters in Flinders and it's time he was turfed out. Because as environment Minister, he has ignored advice from his own department and given federal environmental approval for Adani, at the time Australia's largest proposed coal mine. Uh, well, whatever you think of coal and coal mines, to put a coal mine in the Galilee Basin, uh, which is our, our food basket for, for the ordinary people of Australia, um, and it is a foreign multinational, uh, there are just so many reasons why one would be questioning this in the same way as one would question uh, the 99 lease of Darwin to the Chinese government. And yet these things have been happening. They have been happening uh, on the Morrison or on the present coalition government's watch. Now, more recently, as Health Minister, this gentleman has voted against giving sick children and refugees urgent medical bill um, care. And the group... 
GetUp has 9,000 signed-up members in the seat of Flinders but has traditionally parachuted campaigners into target seats. So just sit back and watch the Liberal Party go, um, well, they'll, they'll send up rockets to try to get rid of GetUp. But I think that GetUp is a very interesting group that is perhaps here to stay. It is a new way of doing business on the internet when it comes to politics. But um, talking about doing business on the internet, the dogs also have a website. Uh, we don't go in for Facebook and Twitter and all of that kind of thing, but we do have a, a web page and you can find out more about us at www.adogs.info. But um, that's it for now and uh, we hope that you'll stay on listen to 3CR and the lovely music but you'll be back with us next week to find out what happened at when the children took to the streets of Melbourne but from Dale and myself that's bye for now I dreamed I saw Joey last night Alive as you and me Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead I never died, says he I never died, says he In Salt Lake City, Joe says I Him standing by my bed they framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I ain't dead, says Joe, but I ain't dead. The copper bosses killed you, Joe, they shot you, Joe, says I, takes more than guns to kill a man. Says Joe, I didn't die. Says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill, went on to organize. Went on to organize From San Diego up to Maine In every mine and mill Where workers strike and organize It's there you find your hill It's there you find Joe, you're ten years dead.